Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always, Mr. Blake Harrison. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. You all right? I'm all right. I'm all right. We were just talking about the, the lighting situation in my room and you suggested that if I could take like half of your tan, then we mm. balance each other out because I basically look like I'm on death's door. I, I look very much like I'm about to be cast as a vampire in something because I'm so pale. And you are, I mean, it's proper Charles Oliveira now. The tan, the blonde hair, you you look very Brazilian. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm from Essex, so I, I literally, I am the colour that, uh, my, my skin colour will get me straight into sugar up on ep- any episode of TOWIE. <laughs> it's, uh, it's borderline orange. Uh, I promise I've not had a sunbed. It's, uh, it's authentic. Um Okay, so we're here to discuss uh, UFC 291. Uh, this episode's come uh, a little later in the week than, than we usually do, but that's because I was away. Um, Again, so f- Mr. Holiday, Stuart no. <laughs> Holiday within. I've had one holiday and then I went away to a, a, a music festival this weekend. So that, that was it. That was it. Um, but that did mean that I couldn't watch the event. And, uh, and I couldn't get up on a Sunday morning. So I didn't come home until yesterday, which was Monday. And uh, so I had to try. Because you, you you watched it. I presume you didn't stay up. Did you I watch did the, it? No, I did the usual thing of waking up early on like Sunday morning at like half six or something like that and getting downstairs and watching as much as I could before the kids woke up. But that was, that was the usual thing. I did the usual way. But I would have hated to be in your shoes, man, trying to avoid the Instagram and the Twitter. W- were you able to avoid anything? or It must be impossible these days to avoid the results. It is. And, and, and I think it was around lunchtime Sunday, um, I'll shout out Reese, uh, one of my doormen, uh, sent me a message uh, just basically, you know, uh, it, crazy about the head kick knockout. And, oh, uh, and, uh, and I was like, ah, so that happened. Uh, <laughs> so, Did you tell uh, him that, you didn't know? No, no, I'm telling him now. Um, <laughs> Is but, he fired? Uh, he's gone. Like, <laughs> he's he's yeah, totally gone. fired. He'll, he'll never work the doors again. Um but uh, but no, and and I think people just presume because 
we're MMA obsessives that, that we'd obviously have seen it. Um, but no, so I, I knew I knew the Gaethje result, uh, and then, needless to say, you know, not leaving the the, the festival site until sort of Monday afternoon. I've, things pop up, you know, I've, I've, yeah. even on my personal socials, it's like I've got lots of, you know, people that are into MMA and I follow fighters. So, yeah, I did end up um, finding out quite a few of the results. But it's Tuesday today. Uh, I got up at 6 a.m. this morning and uh, and I watched the main card. Um, yeah. So uh, so I'm good to go. And, uh, and there's plenty to talk about, right? There's loads to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the place to start is uh, with the new BMF champ, Justin Gaethje. Mm. Um, what, Salt Lake City and head kicks, man. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. That Don't is know. absolutely mad. Who'd have, who'd have guessed that? Who'd have guessed? Well, I'll tell you who might have guessed it, mate. I'll tell you who might have guessed it. Might have been little old Blake Harrison, baby. Uh, I, I, you know what? I thought podcast. I'd even set you up for yeah. it. I thought I'll set him up. I'll get oh, in there mate. first. You smug prick. You've been excited all weekend about oh, this, haven't yeah. you? Absolutely. Because <laughs> it happened, and then I was like, I'm sure I said that. I'm pretty sure I said that. And did I go back and look at our YouTube and see if I did say it? Say it. I was like, yep, I did. You tragic man. You went oh, back tra- to verify. Yeah, I verified <laughs> it. Because I was like, oh, did I say it? Because I did a couple of things. I did like UFC Fight Day Focus last week. And I was like, did I say it on that? Or did I say it on the pod? And I said it on the pod. And I was like, that is going up, isn't it? I've got to get that out there. I was well happy. <laughs> but it's true. You watch that first fight. And there's hardly any head kicks that Justin throws. And the leg kicks were so just like the thing that, that yeah. were damaging Dustin the most. And so, yeah, it made sense to go high. He did. It worked. Yeah. And then, oh, nailed the backflip as well. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Nearly you know took what, Dean out. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. As he landed, I thought he, he literally, I watched it a couple of times. I think he almost skimmed uh, Dustin's arm that was like yeah. on the floor still. I just thought, oh, that would have been terrible if he would have just kind of oh, done the backflip and then just run over the top of uh, <laughs> Dustin Boirier. Well, um, apparently I was listening to something earlier that he'd been, uh, previously he'd been suspended when he was in World Series of Fighting, which I believe used to be the PFL before it became the PFL. And Justin Gaethje was in World Series of Fighting for a while before he joined the UFC. And he would do the backflip off the cage and they suspended him because he got very close to hurting someone. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently so. So, uh, so yeah, but I don't think he's going to be suspended. I think he's just going to be applauded and lauded. Um, and, uh, yeah, ph- phenomenal. It was a great first round as well. I mean... It- it kind of would. It's a shame it ended so quick. I mean, I would have liked that finish maybe in the fourth round or something like that, just to mm. see more of it because it already looked like it was starting to become a really exciting fight. Um, I didn't expect to see Herb Dean give the people's elbow to uh, Dustin Poirier when he came in mm. to save him. <laughs> just like slipped over and went down on him. That sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you've seen it, you know what I mean. Uh, if you haven't seen it, maybe you don't, and you've got weird images in your head right now. Um, but yeah, so do you have any thoughts on the actual fight on the on the finish, other than wow? I, I mean, it was when they they split the screen and they showed the Edward Zisman yeah next to it. It was like holy shit! It is 
literally like for like the way they both went down as well. It was a setup, um, wasn't it? It was like that kind of like yep. almost like a fake one-two to get them to lean into the kick and they disguised mm-hmm. the kick behind it. Loved it. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I, I thought the first round was great. <laughs> it was exactly what you expected, proper back and forth between two people at the top of their game. Yeah. Um, two absolute fan favourites. Um, yeah, I, 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 it was a shame that that, that, that Poirier lost. It's gonna, he's really got to go some to to finish the year. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I think it's safe to say I can now acknowledge the fact that my prediction is no longer going to happen. Oh. Um, Do you know what but, would be um, mad is if come October, Gaethje's not ready to to fight. Oliveira goes out injured. Gaethje's not ready to fight. Volk's got a fight booked with Tapuria, and then they're like, "Who can we call?" Oh, Dustin, you can come in. Like, let's do it. The let's dream, do it. The dream for Stu Whipping is back on, but no, I think it's I think it's dead. It's dead. I mean, in my head, it's always been dead, but, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's I, gone, mate. I mean, uh, I, you know, I love Dustin Poirier. I love Justin Gaethje, and. What a fight this was. Um, like you say, the first round was everything that you wanted it to be. I agree with you. I'd like to have seen a few more rounds of that. And uh, But but what we did get was a spectacular finish. Now, what I loved about that is, is there weren't any real bad blood or anything like that leading no. up to this fight. I think there's so much mutual respect. Afterwards, mm-hmm. again, you know, the, the respect was there. Have you seen the footage where they walk, where Dustin walks up to him afterwards? Yeah, and uh, and they're chatting, and uh, and obviously they're just saying, you know, lots of mutual respect. And then he says, you know, we, 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 we'll have to catch up and go for a drink, and uh, and I'll whip your ass at ping pong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe. I love, like... yeah, I love it. And do you know what? I'd love to see it if they did that. Yeah. It's like an extra fight by <laughs> Dustin Poirier versus Gaethje. The the trilogy is completed on the ping pong table. I'd, I'd love a bit of that. A good bit of banter, having a few drinks, and uh, and then two playing ping pong. I think that'd be fantastic. They they should do that. Would be fun content for the UFC. Pay Dustin yeah. and Justin a tiny bit of money and go. Come on, let's go and do ping pong at some like really fancy place on some like yeah. yacht. Dana White must Absolutely. have a yacht. Go and do it on course, Dana's yes. yacht. On the ping pong table. Well, they won't that. be doing it on Connor's yacht, and uh, <laughs> because uh, I mean, what's that? Wish that guy shut up. I just wish he'd shut up. He's like saying it, it was. It, I'd slap Justin all over the place. He's yeah. like, do you know what, mate? Like, aren't you meant to be fighting Michael Chandler? Aren't you meant to be in the testing pool? Do you know oh, what? I don't know if he's going to be fighting Chandler, man. I, I, I think it, I feel a bit sorry for Chandler. Chandler's gone through all this, the Ultimate Fighter, and done all this work, and I think this. I just don't think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen, and I, and I don't, and I feel a bit sorry for Conor McGregor because I think it's just a bit tragic, isn't it? Like every fight now, whoever wins, like he's calling them out and he's, he's and he, it's always just like really badly put together tweets and half of the time it's a load of old nonsense. And I just think stop taking the eyes off of the people that are in there doing what you're meant to be doing. Like either just retire or just put up or sharp. Do you know what I mean? It's like because you just... It just annoyed me. I just read that. And, and fair play to Gaethje, I'm not going to fight someone on steroids. Oh, he no-sold that fight. 
Like, it was like, right. he's got no interest in it. He's like, every other fighter you can think of would be like, yeah, I mean, Oliveira was saying it. I'm sure others, loads of others have said it. Obviously, Michael Chandler's been campaigning for it for a long time. They've been wanting that McGregor fight because it's the big payday. Justin Gaethje was like, no, I don't want to fight someone on steroids. And is clearly way more interested in becoming a champion, a proper champion, not just BMF champion, but a proper yeah. undisputed champion than he is in, in, in the Connor fight. I, I, I think that was great. Just like, and I think maybe more fighters need to do that and just be like, look, I'm not like, yes, it would be good money, but is he ever fighting again? And is he kind of like, I'd rather go for the belt or I'd rather go for a more attainable big fight. But um, in terms of Gaethje, is he, is he guaranteed next? The winner of... I think so. I think so. Even if Oliveira wins against Islam. Does that throw a bit of a, a wrench in the mix, as it were? Like, if Oliveira beats Islam, is Gaethje then definitely next when he got whooped by Oliveira quite badly only recently? I don't know. I don't know. Um, who else has Justin got a beat to get the shot no one but because if it's on but that, what i'm saying is is that quite a hard sell like justin gaethje versus his son makachev both of but i think that is a bad stylistic match matchup for justin as well i would fail oh, massively. massively in that fight but if if islam wins i think justin is next and i think that's guaranteed because mm. it's a fresh matchup i really am not sure if you make the Justin versus Oliveira fight so quickly, but then you could argue they've made the Oliveira versus Islam fight again very quickly. Absolutely. But that's there wasn't yeah. really any other option. I just wonder if Oliveira beats Islam, can Volk slip in there? Quick. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Who, who knows if they're stuck? <sighs> I think maybe Dustin Poirier just slips in there. And no, then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it is, you know, it's a little bit of a bottleneck up there, isn't it? And, you know, and it's all unfolded in the recent year. So it does present maybe complications for the UFC in regards to pay-per-views and things like that. Um yeah, It'd be nice if they could knows. get some fresh names up in that, um, in that like kind of around the number one contender spot and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, you've got great fighters like Mateus Gamrot, Rafael Faziv, uh, Armin Saruki, and all kind of champing at the bit to try and get into that uh, number one contenders type type fights and and stuff like that and work their way up the rankings. But we've got people squatting on their positions higher up the rankings, whether it be the, the, Corey, I mean Chandler. I mean Gaethje was great. He at least fought for Zeev. He showed us. I was going to say, how yeah, done. He, obviously. Um, um, but a lot of them do he, kind of squat on their spots. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a weird one, but um, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. In terms of Poirier. He had a lovely little, uh, he came out, even though he lost, faced the media, really classy as always. Uh, nice post-fight speech where he was sort of saying, you know, I'm, I'm winning at life. I've got, you know, my family. I've d- done way better than anyone would have expected me to do coming from Lafayette, Louisiana, in, in the areas that he grew up in. He's winning at life. He's already won. I thought it was a really lovely moment where he was talking to the press about that. I think um, one thing he did say that I'm like, I'm not quite sure on, is he says he's not really here to fight the up-and-coming contenders. He wants fights that excite him. And there's part of me that goes, 
I get that because you've sacrificed so much and given so much to this company and you've, you've, in a way you've sort of earned that. But equally, you can't just squat on your ranking, man. I kind of feel like maybe there's a situation that needs to happen. And he's only just fought, so I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen with him. But maybe if you don't, if you're someone in like the top 10 or particularly like top five and you haven't booked a fight, um, within a kind of 12-month period of your last fight. And I said, it doesn't have to be a fight, book to fight. 12 to 15 months. So, you know, like if, if you've fought in December and then by December of next year, you've got a fight booked for March, that's fine. But if you go through to December again the next year and you've got nothing booked, nothing's on the cards, I'm kind of like, maybe you should lose your ranking. Or maybe you should drop down into the bottom of the top 10 and then into the bottom of the top 15. Or something. I don't know, but I just, I worry that like, if Poirier's like, oh, nothing really excites me, he's hoping maybe Nate Diaz comes back after fighting Jake Paul, or he's hoping that Connor comes back and gets rid of Chandler and goes for him again so he can make more money. I'm just like, uh, what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like the idea of someone being like ranked third in the UFC and not fighting for like 15 months and still being ranked third, fourth in, in the UFC, especially when you've got all these amazing up and coming contenders coming through and if he's saying i don't want to fight the up-and-coming guys that's not not for me I've, I've i've paid my dues enough to not have to worry about that that's fine he'll always be dustin poirier he'll always be a big money fight and he'll always probably be one away from a title shot if he gets a decent win pulling him out of the rankings isn't actually going to hurt him that much but I don't like the idea of someone just squatting on the rankings i'm saying this he's literally fought the other day but i'm just going off what he said and because he said he doesn't want to fight the up-and-coming contenders, I don't know what's there for him. Nate's over in the PFL. or not? He's not in the PFL, but he's boxing Jake Paul for the boxing money. He's not in the PFL. But he's boxing Jake Paul. Connor is fighting Chandler, and I think that's an easier matchup than Poirier for, for Connor. And that's if that fight even happens, as we've discussed. He's not in the USADA testing pool yet. Who's out there for Dustin Poirier? We, uh, I, uh, we've spoken before about him going up to 170, but really, he's not a massive lightweight. He said he had the easiest cut of his career coming down to this one, and there was a picture of him in between like Michael Chiesa and Wonderboy Thompson, and he looked small compared to mm. both of those guys. And you're like, so 170 is not really the weight class for you. Mm. So who, if you're not fighting the up-and-coming guys, who are you going to fight? Mm. I don't think he's going to fight anyone. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, as when we started this conversation, and sort of spoke about that sort of bottleneck at the top of, you know, that that that's stopping the, you know, with the exception of Gaethje, like you know, Fiziev's and 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 such, and Gamrot's like kind of making a real play for that that you know them them yep. them top five ranking spots, um, and I do think that it is a fifty fifty thing. Like Poirier's obviously earned his place within them rankings, you know, and has been a, a fantastic fighter uh, and continues to be a fantastic fighter. Um, but I do think that you, you can't just sit there and go, well, I'm not fighting any of them below me. Mm. It's like, well, yeah, there's nothing on the table in front of you, so what do you do? And if you don't want to fight that, then you should slide down the rankings. I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's, an, it's an interesting one. And... Uh, I don't think we're going to see 
Nate back in the UFC, and and I certainly don't think we're ever going to see Conor in the UFC. So, like you say, he's just fought. He's just had you know he's fought this weekend. So maybe he just needs a bit of time to kind of see how the dust settles on the division yeah. and see what unfolds in other fights, and then hopefully it, it present opportunities for him because he's always exciting to watch. And and we're not looking at a, a fighter that needs to fight. You know, he's got Conor dollars. You know, yeah. he's he's had two two big payouts with Conor, so I, I'm yeah. sure. He's not struggling with a mortgage. No, and, he's, uh, he's good. Um, so the, uh, the one thing that could be the, uh, a big factor is if Islam beats Oliveira and Justin fights Islam and Justin somehow manages to beat Makachev, the trilogy fight is there with Dustin and Justin. And that mm, is maybe one. a way for Dustin to get in there. I mean, stranger things have happened. You wouldn't expect someone to get a title shot coming off a loss, but it does happen. It has happened. The UFC have engineered that uh, for their benefit before. And, um, yeah, I think, I think we, we could potentially see that. But who knows? But, I mean, just to go back again, what a performance from Justin Gaethje. It was, yeah, a head kick kind of out of nowhere, took D- Dustin by surprise, and now... I think that's it. Particularly if his, if Islam wins, I think he's he's getting the next shot for the undisputed title. And as much as I don't think he'd beat Islam, I would like to see him beat Islam. I, I think Justin Gaethje is one of those guys that I'd love to see be a champion. I'd love to see the guy that is the most exciting guy in the UFC also be the champ. Because it just sets a precedent then that like you can be uber exciting yeah. and still achieve the dream of becoming the UFC champion. You don't have to be conservative. You don't have to be, you know, overly defensively sound as much as, you know, it makes sense to be. You can be just the highlight. You can be the overly exciting guy that everyone loves and never has a boring fight and still become the champion because you're that damn good. Um, and I think I, I want to live in that world, Stu Whiffin. I want to live in that world. Um, okay. Shall we move on to uh, Jan Pereira? Yeah, and I mean, the, the first thing that struck me um, about this fight was the fact that Pereira did not look small. Um, he looked uh, I, 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 I thought he looked bigger than Yang. Yeah. Like, um, which I don't know what I was expecting to see, but um, this did not look like you know, somebody that had, had moved up to light heavyweight looked very, very comfortable at that weight. Um, we, we know that that that, um, that Pereira got the decision, um, uh, you know, on a split. Um, seeing the decision before I saw the fight because I was away, all of the comments were saying that Yan won that fight. Now... I watched that fight this morning expecting to probably side with everything that I'd read. I didn't think that Jan Blachowicz won that fight. I, I, I thought Pereira done more than enough damage to win that fight. Um, the, the, was you comfortable with the decision? I felt like it could have gone either way. I don't think it was right. clear either way. I felt like it was a very obvious round one for Jan. He, you mm-hmm. know, got the rear naked choke attempts. He He had dominance and duration, but he didn't have much damage. Now, mm-hmm. I actually sent a little message to Sean Sheehan, the uh, judging aficionado. Uh, shout out to Sean. And uh, I asked him, you know, is that a 
in in round one because he had dominance and he had duration. And Sean was saying that technically you can uh, give that a 10-8, but it's very rare that you would because the damage is still kind of the most important thing. And it's very rare that a judge would give a 10-8 for that round. They would more likely give it a 10-9 because the damage is far more integral than the dominance and the duration. Um, so if you had dominance and damage or duration and damage, that would have been a 10-8, but that's not the case. So that's why it was more a 10-9. But technically, technically, you could have given it a 10-8. And maybe that's where a lot of people are getting a bit upset. But um, I think round one is clearly yarn. I think round two, for me, Pereira stole it. I think towards the end by getting the damage. And yarn looked tired. I don't know if the altitude was getting to him, the elevation, and he was starting to gas out because he looked more tired than I think I've ever really seen Jan tired uh, uh, at the end of round two. And then round three, I felt like for a lot of it, it was quite 50-50. Um, I, I didn't really see anyone running away with that round. So I, See, I, I thought Pereira um, absolutely outstruck him. And I know there was, obviously, Jan was trying some sort of takedowns. I think he did get him down in the end, didn't he? But done yeah, nothing with him. No and damage. when he did get it down, Pereira was on his back <laughs> like hit, like hill striking him from from underneath yeah. him. That's not really doing um, any damage though. No, it's, it's, it's not, him, but, but not it, it, it was it was certainly preventing Yan from doing anything and he, he looked like he was hmm. gassed. And yeah. And so I, I totally gave the uh two and three to uh, to, to Pereira. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I was I, I couldn't really see I didn't think it was as close as, as what you've just said. Yeah, no, I, I mean, again, I, I haven't watched it as recently as you, but I certainly think I felt like Jan is such a good defensive striker. Maybe I didn't, I felt like maybe he was blocking a few shots and stuff like that. The kicks from both of them, the low kicks were, were doing really well. Both, both of them, I think, were landing calf kicks and stuff. I don't know. Um, I think ultimately, though, it's the right result for the UFC because. <sighs> As much as I think a lot of people like Jan Blachowicz, he is 40 years old. He's been around the block a few times. He's not, I think, got that kind of excitement and buzz around him that Alex Pereira does. Even though Alex was only recently knocked out by Adesanya, he's got that win over Adesanya. Those two are kind of intrinsically linked now because Adesanya is a big star. It sort of boosts Pereira as well. And I think Pereira being the exciting striker that he is, having that sort of death touch particularly at at, at middleweight what he's had before I think um the idea and of of Yuri Prohashka coming back and fighting for the vacant belt now against Alex Pereira that is a fight I want to see and I think that is a fight that most MMA fans will want to see much more so than Yeri versus Jan. As much as I'm a huge Jan fan, I think he seems like a great bloke really interesting kind of stories and backstory and stuff like that uh, the whole, you know, like Hangman's noose thing that he has, uh, that he's made into a bracelet. I think all of that is super interesting. Um, but I just think the stylistically, Alex Pereira fighting Yuri Prohashka, oh, that is an absolutely cracking fight. And then the winner of that, hopefully them fighting former guest of the show, Jamal Hill. Uh, that again, uber exciting fight. Light heavyweight could get really, really exciting after having this very weird odd time. Where do you where do you um, factor in Ankalaev into this? I don't know, man. Ankalaev is not the most exciting fighter, 
Um, but he's very, very, very good. I think Ankalaev, if Ankalaev was fighting any of the guys I've just mentioned, Yiri, Jamal, Alex Pereira, I would favor Ankalaev in all of those fights because of his ability to wrestle. And I think he's mm. good defensively as well. But is he exciting? No, not really. We saw that with the yarn draw. I do think the UFC don't look at him too favorably. And I think the big money fight, the sellable fight at the moment is Alex Pereira versus Yuri Prohashka. That's the fight to make. That's the one that would make the most money and would get the fans the most excited. Maybe Ankalaev, after coming off a draw, has to get one more win. I'm not sure. Where, where, where's um, Yuri in regards to his, his his recovery? I mean, I saw him lifting weights on, on Instagram this morning. Um, you know, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean a lot. You know, is he back? Is he sparring? Is he... I don't know where, where are we at because if, if if he's not anywhere near recovered, then can't he make the equation for the time being? I think he's near. I don't know. I haven't kept up enough on the yearly stuff, but I do think he's near. It's been quite a while now since he's been out, um, and I I think he is near. If he's not, then yeah, that's when Ankalaev maybe maybe gets in. Um, what so, against Pereira for the belt? I get because what else do you do? Mm. What else do you do? I mean, again, excitement wise, it's not really there, and I do think Ankalaev will probably smash Pereira. Just comfortably, I, I think so. I think it'll just take him down and dominate him. And do um, you think the UFC will see that as a oh for fuck's sake? Now we're stuck with Ankalaev, and I, I wonder if they might. It's not going to make money because. You know, that, that so. Yan fight was so boring. Yeah, look, Yuri Prohashka is a star in the making. If Yuri Prohashka doesn't get injured and he wins, like, a couple more fights, then, Jesus, man, that, that will be something. If he just rematched Glover and won with a spinning elbow knockout, which is very possible, or, or and then he went on and defended the belt against, like, a Jamal Hill or, you know, a, an upcoming Alex Pereira, like... This guy's his his the way he has the the hair the kind of old school martial arts vibe. He can talk a little bit. He, 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 he. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Nose is English and Kaliyev, not so much on the mic. Um, <coughs> he's got the style that everyone's just enthralled by because it's so chaotic. Um, that's a star in the making. That's who you want to be your champion if you're the UFC. Jamal Hill, fun guy, could be good champ. Alex Pereira, there's a story there where you can set up the trilogy with Izzy down the line as well. That makes a lot of sense. And Kalayev of those four is the least marketable champion. And that is a problem, I think, for the UFC. So I think they're going to do their absolute best to make Alex Pereira versus Yuri Prohashka. Yeah, and I'm, I'm what, what a fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, moving on. I mean, there weren't a lot to look at here, but what we did get was fun and exciting. Oh, and man. that's before he even took his shorts off. Um, Derek Lewis, who'd have had Derek Lewis, Dan, to win in the first round by a flying knee? I mean, yeah. obviously he finished it with the ground, the ground strikes. But, but yeah, uh, that flying knee straight out the gate was uh, yeah, that was pretty impressive. Um, and having the original BMF in the crowd as well, you yeah. know, watching his signature yeah, move. I didn't even think of that. that <laughs> yeah. I mean, Derek Lewis had like the best fight week of anyone there. Like in the lead up to it, he had the whole six pack thing. Did you see that? Like Derek no. Lewis joking about like uh, I've got a six pack, and a lot of people were sort of chuckling like as if you have. Uh, and then he did. He had like a six pack going on, uh, Derek Lewis, which, you know, we'd love to see it. Um, and he put it down to not drinking as much fizzy drinks. He was like, his coach was like, he, he loves a root beer apparently. And he stopped drinking the root beer and he moved on to like sparkling water. And his coach said, if you ditch the sparkling water as well and just have these ice drinks and, and stuff like that, you will have a six pack. And Derek said he didn't believe him, but then he did it anyway. So he had about 11 weeks of not drinking fizzy drinks and boom. Six pack. So there you wow. go, folks. That's the secret. So uh, I'm going to cut down on my uh, Coke Zero intake now. I think, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, incredible. And then, as you say, not just getting a phenomenal win when he was on like a three fight losing streak, I think, and people were starting to think, "Oh, is Derek Lewis done now?" Comes out, smashes the Lima, takes off his shorts, gives it the old. Uh, you won't know this because you don't know old school WWF, but the DX uh, cross chop and all that stuff, runs around the cage, throws his gloves into the crowd. I think he also threw his cup into the crowd. That is, uh, (laughs) I don't know who wants to be catching that sweaty old thing, but uh, they're going to be catching a cup and, uh, and enjoying that as a a memento for the, for the evening. I'm sure that sounds pretty fun. Uh, And then he really, I think dropped the mic a little bit when he announced that this is the last fight on his contract. Did you know that? No. So Derek Lewis, I think, has put himself in an absolutely phenomenal position. 
because not only has he won in spectacular fashion, celebrating in spectacular fashion, he's already a character that the, the UFC and MMA fans love. They love. We all love Derek Lewis. He's a really fun character. He's in great fights. He's a get or get got type fighter. UFC would be crazy not to give him an offer which keeps him. And normally, it would probably be an offer not too dissimilar to what he's on. But hang on a minute. He's a heavyweight that's a free agent. And if he can make a step over to the PFL, he will get $2 million for one fight against Francis Ngannou. $2 million. There's no way the UFC's paying him $2 million for one fight. So he's in a phenomenal position. If you're Derek Lewis's manager, what are you telling him to do right? See, as soon as you said about the position he's put himself in, obviously, you know, we're, 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 the, 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 the PFL is going to come to light because, you know, that is the that is the fight, isn't it? Like, oh, my God, it, it was a mind-numbingly boring fight, wasn't it? Yeah, but can that happen again? I don't, I don't think know. that happens again. And the fact that he has got that win over Francis, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, if you want to call it a win, sure. But technically on the books, it's a win. And, you know, the PFL are going to be very clever how they market that, you know. The only, yeah. you know, he, the, the man that beat Francis Ngannou, you know, the UFC heavyweight highlight reel, he's not going to be lean. Do you know what I mean? Derek Lewis has got some highlight reel. He's got some character, you know, you know, whether you're just marketing his balls alone, you know, that's going to sell the fight. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, when you actually look at it, props to Derek Lewis, if he can go over there, because he's never going to, I don't see him at the moment putting a real threat on the, the UFC heavyweight no. title challenge. I, I, I no. don't think that's going to happen. I, I do think, you know, he's had his stab at that. Yep, and I think there, there's there's too many new and exciting heavyweights that I think will be too much for him. I think your Pavlovichis and your Tom Aspinalls, I I, I think are, are just too fast and, and 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 yeah, just too good for Derek Lewis. So why not make your move over to the PFL, yeah. bank yourself two million, and uh, and in theory, put on the fight that you should have put on last time. Give the fight fans what should have been two of the biggest hitters in the in in the heavyweight, you know, in the world of heavyweight mixed martial arts, and deliver it this time, because Francis is going to make stupid money fighting Fury, win or lose, it's not going to do anything to Francis's stock as an MMA fighter. To them, fight MMA with Derek Lewis, yeah, I, I think the smart the smart man does that option. If that option is available, and I'm sure the PFL, they're looking for heavyweights, obviously, for Francis Ngannou. Yeah. Who better than, you know, forget it was the most boring fight in history, who better than the guy that's got a win over him in the UFC? There is no one, there is no one that is a bigger name than Derek Lewis that is available to the PFL right now. Mm. You know, Fabrizio Verdum, no, I know that we all like love Verdum and what he did, but no, that's not a fight. You're, you're casual fan. In. Your casual, casual fan, fan. from from the, the Francis Ngannou area is not going to know who Fadoum is. 
And yeah. like he's not going to have any kind of he's not going to resonate to the casuals yeah. at all. Derek Lewis is the big guy, the funny guy that yeah. has knocked a lot of people out, and he's just knocked someone out in thirty three seconds with a flying knee. Like it's yeah, by a country mile, it's the biggest fight the PFL could make. Like, there's not a fighter on the PFL roster that could become PFL champion in their regular season and fight Francis Ngannou and be a bigger draw than Derek Lewis. It's never, ever going to happen. I, the only thing is, Derek Lewis seems like a guy that likes to be comfortable. And he seems like the kind of guy that sort of, like, doesn't need loads of money or anything. And I, I wonder if he might just get a way better deal from the UFC than he would have ever got before because of what's going on with the PFL and France and Ghana. The UFC, I think, are going to make Derek Lewis a really good deal to prevent him from going over to the PFL. Now, it won't be able to compete with the PFL's deal, but I think it might just kind of play on Derek Lewis's, what I consider to be his kind of, him being a person of, 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 of comfort. I think he wants to be comfortable and I don't think he's going to be someone that, unless the UFC don't give him a very good deal, but I think if they give him a decent deal, I, I think he will stay in like, the UFC. No I chance. think he likes being in the UFC. I mean, you don't think, no. I don't know. I, like, I'm not I, saying that's what I'd advise him to do. I'm saying that's, that's what I think he would do. That's Derek Lewis. Now Derek Lewis will have management and that management will want their money and his management are going to look to make him the most money so they get the most money. And so he signs, what, a three-fight deal with the UFC for, I don't know, a, a, a half of that, even for a million dollars, right, which I don't think he'll get, right? So say if I signs a three-fight deal for a million dollars, right, who's he going to fight in three fights? Like, he, he, and, and, and say... He fights, I don't no, know. No one overly exciting. No one overly exciting. He's just beaten Delima, right? Delima is not a name that that strikes fear into anybody, really, in, in the UFC. You know, in uh, I I think the smart, you know, I, I think his management will go, look, go to PFL, one fight, one fight with Francis Ngannou, $2 million, God knows how much money you can make in and around that fight as well, then you're done. Retire. And you can be as lazy as you want. Why fight for less money in an organisation that is much bigger, obviously, but how many eyes are going to be on you in them UFC fights if you're maybe headlining the prelims or you're second on the card, you know, Mm. fighting somebody that's a young prospect that's probably going to beat you? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think his management, if they're worth their weight, then we'll go. Look, hang on a minute. Let's just let's just look at what makes sense here. Well, I hope so. I hope they do it because I I want to see Derek Lewis get a big payday like that. I think he's been so entertaining. I think he deserves it, and I'd I'd want to see that fight. Mm. I don't think we'll get a repeat of last time. Mm. I think they'll both. Not necessarily go. I think they're still going to be tentative because they both have such great knockout power. But I do think that that fight is way more compelling to me than Francis Ngannou fighting anyone the PFL, anyone else the PFL can get. Way more compelling than Francis versus Tyson Fury mm. in a boxing match like that. I couldn't care less about mm. Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis in the fight that we should have got the first time around. That's compelling. That. That is something I would maybe pay money for. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking of other fighters that you might get a fun <laughs> sort of rematch out of. Uh, I don't know if there's any. I mean, Tyver, you know, uh, two of us is coming off of a two fight. Last, oh, he's got Volkov, and he coming up. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think. You know, I'm, I'm just looking at um, Derek's losses: Spivak, Pavlovich. He's Tuvasa, never fought Josinio Rosenstrike. I mean, that's but again, it's not like a big name that's really exciting. And and then like you've got Almeida versus Blades coming up. If the loser of that fight, he could fight. But again, he won't. That's not exciting. They'll just take him down. I mean, um, obviously, he knocked out Curtis Blades, didn't he? And and, yeah. I mean, and so it, I don't suppose he wants to rematch Blades. He's already got that win over him. Why would he bother? Do you want to watch um, Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades? I'm, I'm not good, really. Right. Um, I, I, I think the only fight that I'd like to see him, I'd like to see him fight to Avasa again because I think they've got very similar fight styles, don't they? They're just yeah. sluggers and and it, you know, it makes and they've both got big personalities. So I'm I'm down with that. But yeah. maybe if if Ty loses. Um, in his in his, uh, his his next one, maybe that fight happens. I don't know. Uh, I don't really. His hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Aspen, apart from Delima, Chris Dorcas, it's not a lot. It seems like he's got a ceiling, hasn't he, Derek Lewis, now? He it, had his it, chance at the top. It didn't quite work out. And now heavyweight seems to have these elite-level guys from, like, one to six that you're like, these are guys that Derek Lewis will never beat. Yeah. And then there's this little area underneath it where Derek Lewis is probably better than the guys ranked 15th, 14th and below. But that area in the middle is sort of maybe where he belongs. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. I'd say the the Ngannou fight is certainly the one that makes the most sense financially, and but we'll have to see. The UFC, I think, will fight hard to keep him away from that because why would they allow this guy? That like, I mean, he's on. If you go onto the UFC homepage, Derek Lewis is on it. Not mm-hmm. Justin Gaethje, 
Derek Lewis. Mm. And you're like, <laughs> is that their way of showing him love? Is that their way of trying to be like, this is our guy and we're going to fight to keep him here? Mm-hmm. And they're not going to let him go without a fight for sure. Um, and also, Derek Lewis might be thinking, oh, I, I could go over, fight and guard him and then come back to the UFC. But the UFC will probably go, no, you leave, you're gone for good. And then Derek Lewis might go, well, I quite like fighting in the UFC. So maybe that's a problem. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But really great week, I think, for Derek Lewis. He's got a lot of options now, which I think is really good for him. Someone that I think the options have run out for is Tony Ferguson. I mean, what did, what did you think of Ferguson versus Green? I just want to talk about Bobby Ryan Green, 36 years of age. Has anybody got better or faster hands than Bobby Green? They are unreal. Like, unreal. His boxing, his counter-striking is off the scale. Off the scale. Like, Tony Ferguson... I don't know if I'm agreeing with this, but carry on. No way. Like, his boxing is phenomenal. And the fact that Ferguson, you know, he does move very awkwardly. You know, he's never, his fight style doesn't present himself where he's standing right in front of you. You know, he moves in very weird angles. Bobby Green, within about two minutes, had sorted that out and had just was unloading. His straight left hands were fucking awesome. Um, I thought it was an absolute masterclass. I mean, you say that, you know, what, what's left for Tony is, you know, he's an older fighter and he's, you know, he's come off some losses. So is Bobby Green. But Bobby Green did not look like a fighter that was slowing down. What's he? Who was his recent losses? Makachev and who beat Bobby Green did last time? Did he lose to Drew Dober? I mean, Drew Dober. Drew last Dober. time out, didn't he have a no contest against Jared Gordon? Uh, that's uh, the clash of heads. That's right. Yeah, but before that, yeah, Drew Dober knocked him out, didn't he? Um, uh, but yeah, I, I thought. Did you not think Bobby Green looked fantastic? To be honest, mate. What I was thinking was he was fighting an old man. How old is Tony I, Ferguson? Yeah, I, I don't care about his age. I'm talking fight years. This guy, he's gone. Tony's gone. Tony is not Tony anymore. And I don't, I, 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 I don't think I can watch Tony fight anyone now and give a load of credit to the person he's fighting because I just don't think Tony's got it anymore. And I just felt like, particularly in that third round, I've got it here in my notes, I'm just watching an old man get beat up. Mm. That's, that's all it is. And I, I, I don't want to be disrespectful to Green, but I can't give Green that much credit. Oh, I because I, I just don't... Ridiculous. Yeah, but was it his hand speed or is Tony just slow now? Like, like it's, uh, you put him in there against Dustin Poirier and you see you the best boxer in the lightweight division is maybe. And I think Dustin Poirier would piece him up. I, I disagree. I oh, disagree. I don't, I don't. Like, this is, now that the Dustin Poirier thing's gone, now your figure is Bobby Green <laughs> is the best boxer no, in the UFC. No, I, I, I'm just I, like, oh my God. I, I think if we're talking straight up boxing, <laughs> I, I, I think he'd more than hold his own against Dustin Poirier. Like, I, I think, honestly, like, I, I, I thought he's, his counter-striking, I thought, was off the scale. I, 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 don't, I don't see it. 
I just I was just fixating on the fact that Tony looked bad. He looked all right to begin with. He was with, made to look bad. Bobby Green made then, him look bad. No, Tony looks bad because Tony is not the fighter he was. Tony's on a six fight losing streak. Mm. Tony is not the fighter. That's what makes Tony look bad is now Tony. Mm. Like I'm watching Tony and we said it beforehand. We said it in the preview show. We were like, I'm seeing Tony Ferguson's name on this card and it makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm. Tony Ferguson, the only person I'm interested in seeing Tony Ferguson fight in a, in a fair fight could be either Conor McGregor or Nick Diaz. That is who Tony Ferguson is on the level of right now. In my opinion, I, I mean, we saw Nate Diaz, who, let's be honest, Nate Diaz ain't nowhere near a belt. Nate Diaz is not, you know, but a lightweight or weight top contender. Bobby Green is like a, a, a top 15 ranked lightweight in a stacked lightweight division. Nate Diaz, no, I, I'm sorry, no. I so, just you, so you think Bobby Green versus Nate Diaz, Bobby Green would piece up Nate as well? In a three-round fight, I think Bobby Green wins that fight for sure. Okay, and Connor? What Connor versus Nate or Bobby Green? What Bobby Green. Well, we don't know who Connor is anymore, so I don't know. I, I I think there's there's smart money on Bobby Green in that fight, but I don't mm. know. I think I I I like to think Connor would win that fight because again, I think it would be predominantly boxing, and again, I think Connor's probably a better boxer than Bobby Green. But yeah, I don't know, man. I I I. Um, we just saw this in very different ways. Mm. You were looking at this, seeing loads of positives for Bobby Green. I was looking at this and just seeing all the negatives for Tony Ferguson. Like, this is like a friggin'... Tony's career now should be made into some kind of Shakespeare play called The Tragedy of Tony Ferguson. The guy (laughs) was on... The the guy was on a 12-fight win streak and never fought for an undisputed title. He became an interim champ and still never fought for an undisputed title. He was scheduled to fight who a lot of people see as the greatest lightweight ever in Khabib Nurmagomedov on like three or four occasions or whatever it was. And every time something happened, he was wearing sunglasses indoors and tripped over a cable. He was, Khabib was eating tiramisu when he, and he couldn't make weight or like whatever the hell it is, all of these stupid things that meant that we couldn't get the Khabib fight. And then all of a sudden he has yet another interim title fight when he didn't get his undisputed title shot after already beating Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee for the interim title. He should have got an undisputed title shot. He didn't. Then he has to have another interim title fight with Justin Gacy and gets absolutely smashed up to bits. Herb Dean waving it off in the fifth round when he's clearly like sort of knocked out on his feet, shaking his brain to try and get it right again. And then he fights killer after killer in Oliveira. Dariush, and then he takes, I think, a slight step down and fights Michael Chandler, wins that first round, and then bang, front kick into oblivion, completely rocked his brain. This is a guy now that you're like, he's always been a bit wacky, but now you're starting to worry about his health when stuff like this happens. And then he's meant to be fighting Li Jingliang in the undercard of the Nate Diaz Chimaya fight. The stars align for him to finally get a fair matchup against Nate Diaz, who, let's face it, they looked like they were probably on a similar level. That's the fight everyone really wanted to see, Nate versus Tony. And he still kind of got got done. 
I, I don't remember the fight very clearly, but I don't remember him having that much success. And then he's taken a huge step down again in terms of name value to fight Bobby Green. Looked all right for two minutes. Yes, there was an eye poke, which you could discuss and say changed the, the face of it. Tony's put out a statement saying that the eye poke massively affected him and that Bobby Green has got a history of doing stuff like this and he was doing really well until that. Uh, I don't know. If this was Tony's first loss in a while or even second loss, I'd say maybe there's something to that. But on a six-fight losing streak, nah, man. This, this, uh, is, uh, this is a real shame. We've seen this guy put his blood, sweat, and tears into this sport 12-fight win streak, as I say, interim champion. How he hasn't got the undisputed title shot because of politics and the Conor McGregor stuff and all of that is such a shame. It's such a shame for him. It's a shame for us as fans. It's really not a good thing. And, uh, and now look at him. And, and he won't ever give up. I don't think Tony is ever going to... You listen to him speak in the media weeks and how like I've changed this I'm, a, I'm only like a few fights away from a title shot it's like Tony mate you're not you're not a few fights away from a title shot you need your people around you to tell you it's over it's done you were brilliant but it didn't quite happen for annoying reasons like politics it, it, it's done and it, it it makes me feel sad for him it really does but I think it's over and I think if he keeps getting in there then we're going to see someone with some severe CTE issues in a few years' time. I don't want to see it. <clears throat> Bit of a yeah. tirade there, wouldn't it? You need a moment to compose yourself after all that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, in fairness, I thought in that first round, I thought Ferguson looked really good. I thought he looked fine. I thought he was, he was you know, he was teeing off a bit and, you know, maybe he, uh, he's 39, Tony. So, you know, uh, I guess if if all of you kind of your body's starting to slow down a little bit and it's, it was clear that Bobby Green's timing and accuracy and speed hadn't slowed down and it was, mm. and, and, and maybe that's why he looked that much crisper because Tony wasn't quite on point. But as you say, in that first round against Chandler, Tony looked great and probably won that round. And I think, you know, I, I, I'm not going to put too much into that eye poke, but yeah, um, I don't know what's left for Tony Ferguson if if you're not beating people like Bobby Green that are ranked where they're ranked, then all you're going to end up doing is loitering around, you know, killers that are just going to want to make a name for themselves by having Tony Ferguson on their CV, and that's not a particularly happy future for for any fight fan uh, and certainly not for Tony Ferguson. So I don't know, maybe, maybe the UFC talk to him and, and, and find you know, as, as it seems, he's the last person that's going to go, yeah, I'm done because he just, he seems like you say in any interviews, he's just seen there's an element of not delusion, but I guess maybe delusion. I don't know. Like super confidence that, you know, he's making changes and they're going to, really affect his 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 performances but yeah I don't know I don't know if I, I don't particularly want to see him fight anymore we said this on the pre-show um he just got absolutely took apart by Bobby Green I don't really see that there's anything left in the UFC for Tony Ferguson um you know no. I, I'd like to think he's a, a future Hall of Famer um oh, you know, for sure he's, he should he's, be yeah. he's done he's done more than enough um, but yeah, 
Okay, um, Bobby Green. Yeah, before off. before we move, go on, Bobby Green. I just wanted to say, you know, you were talking about him, uh, and you think he'd be a better boxer than Poirier. Just looking back at Bobby Green's record, he's got a loss to Dustin Poirier here. First round fire punches. So uh, just putting that out there, Stu Whiffin. <laughs> putting that out there, mate. Uh, All right. Well, look, let's so, move on um, to, the, to well, the last fight that I saw um, because only Holland Kiesa. I mean. Whoever Kevin Holland's shipped in um, to work on his takedown defences, um, buy that man a beer because, um, I mean, I know it's been a long time since we've seen Kessa in the in the octagon. Um, I thought Kevin Holland looked great. So we're going to go, this is weird. I'm like Mr. Negativity and you're like Mr. Positivity today. I thought Kevin Holland looked good. Oh, are you going to start banging on about time for Kiesa to hang up his gloves? This is going to be the Uh, fucking MMA retirement show. No, I'm not saying he needs to hang up his gloves or anything like that. Like He does whatever he does. I don't feel as strongly about Kiesa as I do about Ferguson. But what I would say was, if you watch that fight, Kiesa looked... His takedowns looked laboured. He looked scared. He looked, uh, he looked like Holland maybe clipped him once early on, and that was it. Holland was really low and showing that uppercut a lot, and I think it landed early, and I think Kiesa was either rattled or really surprised who, by the power. Who and would then, ever have had Kevin Holland to beat Michael Kiesa by submission? I know. That was a good one for your bingo card. Um, but, uh, yeah, I am... Um, I don't know, man. It it just seemed to me like Kiesa looked like someone that had been out of the cage for two years. He didn't, as you say, the takedowns looked laboured. He looked very tentative and slightly, slightly fearful is the wrong word. I don't know. It just looked tentative. He looked tentative in there. And Holland was able to kind of do whatever he wanted, really. And then the Darce choke just really presented itself quite easily to him. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what the future holds for Michael Chiesa. Um, I think he's a great maybe pundit. It was, he's a great analyst. Yeah, he's, he's good on there. I, I, I like that. I just don't know. Did he? He did take his gloves off. Did he? Oh, did he? But I don't think he put them down no, in the cage. I, I'm sure I've read that he said, you know, it was a you know, bit of a bad show and a bad performance yeah. and he'll be back. I'm sure, yeah. I'm well, sure he well, said look, that. I'd like to see him back and I'd like to see him back soon. Uh, because I think that, you know, ring rust for some people is a real thing. And maybe that was what was going on. But Holland looked great, but in my, he, he didn't beat a proper Michael Chiesa. He beat a weird two years off, very tentative Michael Chiesa. I don't know what was going on there. Um, so, yeah, so I'm not as high on Kevin Holland because of that. I feel like the competition wasn't quite there. And I, and I don't feel like it was just Holland made him look that way. I think you watch that fight and you go, Kiesa looks weird, man. It doesn't look. Yeah, he just that, that wasn't a normal Michael Kiesa in there, in my opinion. No, he looked too well groomed. He should have that sort of longer hair and wild beard. He, uh... Yes, that's where his power is. That's yeah. where his power is, man. Um, but yeah, but, but, but a good win for Holland, you know, and he can now go and carry on up the rankings and do whatever he wants there. He's talking about going back up to middleweight as well, which I think is a bad move. I think welterweight's his weight class, uh, but we'll see. Other than that, on the prelims, there's not a huge amount to talk about. There was some really good performances. Uh, Gabriel Bonfim 
uh, one by Guillotine Choke. Now 15-0 is looking really good. Yeah, Bonfim brothers have come in and looked great. Obviously, Ismail Bonfim lost to uh, Saint-Denis uh, in his last outing. Uh, but Gabriel Bonfim's looking phen- phenomenal. 15-0 now. Called out Neil Magny, I believe. I don't know if he gets that fight so soon, but who knows? Um, and then uh, Fuck Derek being Neil versus... Magny. Fuck being I know, Neil he Magny. just gets called out left, right, center. <laughs> but everyone on a tear, it's like... It's what kind of... have I done? <laughs> yeah. What's wrong? What Seems like a really nice geezer, Neil Magny. He's a lovely guy. <laughs> Really nice guy, does really well. Most was he not winningest welterweight ever now, ever as he surpassed GSP. Yeah, poor old Neil Magny. Everyone Every seems to want to fight him, and he's not done anything to anyone. Just wants yeah. to go through Neil Magny. <laughs> Uh, he can probably call it. He should probably start every card. Anytime there's a welterweight contender on a half decent run, he probably just mm. should just be like, before they do their post fight speech, he should do like an Instagram live. You're like, here we go. <laughs> here we go. How many, how many seconds into this post fight interview before my name's right, mentioned? Four, three, and there, two, it is. there we go. There we go. Um, poor old Neil Magny. But yeah, Gabriel Bonfim looks great. Derek Flowers versus Jake Matthews was a slightly odd fight because uh, there was a moment in round one where Matthews landed a big shot and Derek Flowers was like really wobbly. And then as Jake Matthews sort of went in for a finish, he was really playing possum. Like, did a strike back and was then, like, wagging his finger at him. It was quite fun. Uh, I enjoyed that. And then there was a kick from uh, Matthews, which was called as a low blow, but the commentators were really adamant in saying it wasn't because the ball of the foot was into the stomach, but the heel of the foot maybe did catch the cup. I don't know. It was a weird one. It did look like it was more of a shot to the belly than the groin. and. Flowers took a long time to recover from it. And you kind of think, well, should that not have been a TKO maybe? But I don't know. Uh, in the end, Matthews won anyway by uh, rear naked choke in the second round. And then we had uh, a couple of other fights in there. But one that stuck out, stuck out for me was um, Kopilov, Ribeiro. Kopilov with, I would say, arguably a better head kick than Justin Gaethje's head kick. It was a phenomenal head kick that just out of nowhere just absolutely sparked Ribeiro. Um, if you haven't watched that, go and quickly watch that. You know, I think it's a round two finish. It's kind of a funnish fight up until that point as well. Uh, but I'd say that head kick technically looked sweeter mm. than Justin's. Obviously, just didn't have as much on the line. But, um, but overall, a really good card. There's absolutely. two really good pay-per-view events on the bounce. I think UFC are doing things. Absolutely. Performance in the Knights, 50 grand to Gaethje, 50 grand to uh, Derek Lewis, 50 grand to Bobby Green and 50 grand to Kevin Holland. Um, obviously, we, we, we haven't touched on the fact that um, we didn't get to see Wonderboy versus Piera. Piera um, oh. missed weight. Um, I mean, I know that we've been chatting about it on our little WhatsApp group. Wouldn't it be nice if, uh, you know, whilst Wonderboy is looking for a fight, maybe MVP signs with the UFC and we get that fight. Yeah. Who knows? I heard Who something knows? from someone on another podcast saying that they're both mates so they wouldn't fight each other. So that would be very upsetting. Oh, um, for God's sake. Then. I know. I'm what's... the bearer of bad news today, aren't I? You really are. Um, yeah. but do you know what's worse about that situation, though? Have you heard oh. Wonderboy hasn't been given his show money? Why? Because apparently, contractually, making weight isn't your show. You fight. That's your show money. That's your, you fight. Rough. And Wonderboy, obviously, <coughs> technically could have fought, but for, and rightfully so, you look at his statement, he says the right thing. 
I'm 40 years old. I've only got so long left. Losing to a guy that's missed weight will do my career no favors. It's happened to me before. He was talking about Darren Till fight where Till missed weight by quite a substantial amount. And then one, in some people's eyes, a very dubious decision. Wonderboy is left being like having to then fight backwards and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I understand why Wonderboy didn't take that fight. Um, but will the UFC punish him now? It looks like they haven't given him his show money yet. Hopefully they do. Apparently Dana White's on vacation and like it's something that would go through Dana. I can understand from the UFC's perspective that they they might say, well, if we give everyone their show money just for making weight, then there's lots of people that will pull out fights or there's lots of people that if a fighter doesn't make weight, they won't do the thing of taking the fight. And But it seems to me like making weight is such a big thing and such a big sacrifice for your body and everything. I think they deserve their, their show money from from making weight. I don't know. We'll have to see where this goes, but it certainly feels very, very harsh that Wonderboy made weight, was there to go, and Michelle Pereira didn't make the weight, and uh, and he said, no, I don't want to fight him because he hasn't, he hasn't uh, made the, the appropriate weight class, and that's, that's, that's legitimate. But now he doesn't get his show money for it, which feels very, very harsh. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there, and I hope Wonderboy gets his show money. Absolutely. Um, before we uh, wrap up this episode, um, we should just give you a little bit of news, really, that um, we, we, we've touched on it already, but we recorded with uh, Bruce Buffer. We got to sit in the studio and, uh, and and film a great interview that will be coming out very, very soon. Um, you'll be able to listen to it as you as a normal podcast, um, or you can head over to our YouTube channel uh, and watch that chat. Won't say who it is yet because we don't want to curse it, but we're heading off to uh, the O2 uh, tomorrow to record another uh, interview with a real legend of uh, of the UK MMA scene. And uh, I'm really looking forward to doing that in person as well. So we'll give you more news on that as it comes. Um, and, yeah, I think we're going to try and catch up with um, Oban Elliott at some point soon, who's going to be fighting in Dana White's contender series very soon mm-hmm. um and i think George if you haven't listened to fighting it yeah. very soon isn't he He's yes we had george now. on a little while ago and uh, we were talking about his fight up upcoming fight on the uh contender series so so go if you haven't listened to that yet go and check that out before hopefully fingers crossed george hardwick is signed to the ufc um the other thing that we haven't mentioned in this episode is our partnership with gamcare um and Gamcare, a phenomenal charity that help people that are suffering with gambling addictions. And if you are someone that gambles and thinks maybe you're gambling too much and you're suffering with an addiction, or if you're a friend or a family member of someone that is suffering with gambling, Gamcare can really, really help. They have a 24-7 helpline and the number is 0808 802 That's 0808 8020133 uh that's the phone number of the 24/7 helpline if you're not comfortable actually speaking to someone on the phone they have like one of those uh pop up kind of like instant chat boxes on their website as well you can go to that and talk to someone there and people will be there to help you they can provide you with counseling sessions for free and they can get it done very very quickly and get you some counseling to help you with your addiction or help you with dealing with the fact that a loved one you know is is, is addicted to, to gambling. It can be a very, very detrimental thing. It can be really damaging. 
and GAMCARE are doing a lot to help people. And the website is gamcare.org.uk. That's G-A-M-C-A-R-E dot org.uk, GAMCARE. So, uh, yeah. I think we're Is nearly there done. Anything else we need to discuss? Yeah. Uh, just the fact that um, if you don't follow us on social media, um, we're on Twitter uh, and Instagram and Facebook. I would suggest that um, if you're on Instagram, go and follow us on there because we kind of post most on there. And uh, and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast or subscribed to our YouTube channel, those little things really do help um, this podcast uh, grow. So if you can give us a, a subscribe and one or drop us a comment uh, over wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, that would be great. Um, Blake mentioned in the show, the former guest of the show, Jamal Hill. Um, if you've not really sort of checked out uh, the back catalogue of this podcast, go and do so because not only have we um, had Jamal on, we've had Alexander Volkanovsky on twice um, we've had a real who's who of, uh, of the UK scene as well you know from Tom Aspinall to Paddy you know and and, and everybody really that Michael Bispin um, and also we've been we've had Tyron Woodley on um, trying to think what we've had from overseas uh, Angela Hill Derek Brunson. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we've had, we've had a lot of my minds going blank now, but obviously from the UK, we've had Arnold Allen, we've had Paul Craig, uh, we have had a plethora of cage warriors, fighters and champions as well, and ex-champions like your, your Nathaniel Woods and George Hardwick, Harry Hardwick, uh, Oban Elliott, as we've mentioned, um, uh, Sam Creasy. God, my mind's going blank. We've had loads. Angela Hill, uh, American UFC uh, strawweight. Um, Great chat with Jordan Fuchenic. Go check that one out. Jordan Fuchenic. Mark Goddard, the man in the centre of a lot of these fights. Mark Goddard. Dan Hardy. Dan Blumin Hardy. And his wife. Veronica Hardy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, Dan and Veronica Hardy have been on the show. So, yeah, please go and check those out. Because, again, the first time we have guests on, we really delve deep into their upbringing, their journeys as fighters. And I think that can be really interesting stuff. If you're someone that is interested in, in getting into MMA, these people's stories could be really inspiring for you. And if you're someone that just loves the sport, then uh, for sure you can gain something from listening to his Corey Sandhagen, who's fighting this week. Yes. Corey yes. Sandhagen is fighting this week against Rob Font. Corey Sandhagen was a phenomenal guest. I loved chatting to Corey Sandhagen, one of my favourite fighters. That's He's been be on the show as well. That's going to be a great fight. Talk about good boxers. Rob Font is a phenomenal yeah. boxer. Yeah, um, not as good as Bobby Green. So, <laughs> 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 right. I think we're done. We've listed, we've name dropped enough. Absolutely. Um, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.